Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. So we're trying really hard to make sure that we don't interrupt the programming that you love here on WDET during our spring fundraiser. We want to keep all of these programs on the air and still fund the news and programs that you rely on. We have already raised enough money to eliminate one day of the fundraiser, and we are trying to work on a second day. And to get that done, we've got a special program. Today only, there is a $5,000 leadership circle match on the table. And what that means is that the first $5,000 that we raise today will be doubled. It will be matched. And that will get us closer to that goal of eliminating a second day of program interrupting fundraising. You can do it at WDET.org or you can call 800-959-WDET to give. First today, not so long ago, the idea of Medicare for all was relegated to the world of the really far left and candidates like Bernie Sanders. But that's not true anymore. Now even a number of the pragmatic members of the Democratic caucus are embracing the idea that we still need radical reform of our health care system. One of those members is Debbie Dingell, a congresswoman from Michigan's 12th District. She joins us now to talk more about health reform in the United States. Congresswoman, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Steve. It's great to be on Detroit Today. Yes, it's great to hear your voice. So let's uh, let's talk about this idea of Medicare for all. Is this something that you have always been a fan of, or is there something that's happened recently that has uh, warmed you to the idea? Okay, so I'm first going to say to you, that Medicare for All is not a new concept. Right. It was actually introduced in the early 40s after Social Security passed. And I will admit it was introduced by somebody with the same last name that I have. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, it was introduced in every Congress by John Dickel. So it's not a new concept to me. But I'm, I lived with a very pragmatic man. But I worked for General Motors. I worked for them at a time in the late 2000s that somebody actually said that General Motors was a healthcare provider that happened to make cars. I know what the healthcare costs are doing in this country, and we've got to find a way to reduce them. But I also know that every American's got a right to affordable quality healthcare. I founded the National Women's Health Resource Center 30 years ago when I was young, very young, because of, this, because of so many issues that women faced in the healthcare system. It's not a new idea, but finally people are beginning to understand what all the issues are. We are the only industrialized nation in the world. We want to play in a global marketplace. We're the only nation that doesn't have some form of universal health care for its citizens. It's actually hurting our businesses. It's crippling our small businesses. And so I think about it from an economic perspective, but I also think that if someone's sick in this country, they should be able to go to the doctor and not worry if they can afford their medicine. Yeah. So so uh, one of the questions I always have uh, about this discussion is about the Affordable Care Act, which just 10 years ago, uh, we, we went through a very uh, vigorous debate, right, about changing all of the changes that that was going to bring to, to health care in America. And we passed it. And we're still trying to figure out how that works, right, trying to make the best of that system. 
what's the reason to go back now and shake the whole thing up again in a fundamental way? Is that is is this the best we, time to do that? We need to bring everybody to the table. We need to understand it. But you know, one of the things that I've learned is the first universal health care bill was introduced in the early 40s, and it's what brought us Medicare in 1965. If you don't have a vision, you're not going to get there. The Affordable Care Act was a step in getting us where we need to go. But right now we have people that want to take away, you know, I, it wasn't, it was not that long ago that people with a pre-existing condition, which isn't even cancer, it's diabetes, it's high blood pressure, weren't able to get insurance. And this administration wants to take us back, not forward. And the Affordable Care Act was a good first step. More people are insured than were. But we have too many people in this country that are still uninsured. Mm -hmm. Our current system is too fragmented. We can't negotiate the best deals for America. And right now in the United States of America, we pay twice as much per person compared to countries with systems like Medicare for All, universal health care, and we still have 27 million people that do not have insurance. And this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. Mine, uh, I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Congresswoman Debbie Dingell, a Democrat from Dearborn. She represents Michigan's 12th congressional district. We're talking about the idea of Medicare for all, uh, another radical change to our health care system that is being embraced by more and more people inside the Democratic Party. Uh, if you want to call and join the conversation, tell us what you think of implementing a Medicare for all system for health co- coverage in America. Does this approach make sense to you or are you concerned about the costs of a program like that? Also, what do you think the growing support for this idea says about the state of American politics? Are Democrats moving further to the left? And is that a good thing for the debate in Washington? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Debbie, there's another member of Congress from Michigan whose name is also Debbie, uh, and she's one of the lead sponsors of the Medicare at 50 plan. Senator Stabenow joined us a few weeks back to talk about that. Uh, What do you think of that approach? Is that uh, a reasonable step in the right direction, or does it not go far enough? I think that we got to have a vision, and we've got to have a goal of where we want to go. And I think that goal is that every American has a right to affordable quality health care. That's one step we should seriously be looking at. I don't, you know, I'm not going to let people brand us. I don't, I mean, England's not a socialist country. Germany's not. I mean, we've got, Canada's not. We can't let people brand this. We can't, people are going to be afraid. It's going to be a vigorous discussion. Look at what happened when the Affordable Care Act and how people were terrified of it because of all the language that was used. More people were insured. And now in the last election, health care again was the number one discussion. People, we've got to do something about drug pricing. The drugs, insulin, insulin's the drug that I focus on the most because I hear about it every day when I'm home. How many people have diabetes? And the cost of insulin has gone up $200, $300 a month. People are, this is not just sort of, oh, throw it out, it's, it's a line. It's real. People are choosing between 
food and their medicine or cutting their insulin in half to make it last longer, and it doesn't do them any good. So we'll probably get there incrementally. The first thing we've got to do is to make sure that people with pre-existing conditions aren't cut off from insurance or having access. And the second thing we need to do is to address drug pricing. But we need to look at how we get to a point that we are on par with other countries and that every American's got health care. Period. So, so when when Senator Stabenow says Medicare at fifty, which would would lower the eligibility age for benefits under it's Medicare, to 50, right? You'd have to buy into it, right? Is that is that part of the Medicare for all? Is that not again? It's is that not, not part far of the enough? Medicare for all that yeah. people are talking about? But we're going to have a lot of discussions. We're going to everybody's got to come to the table, and I don't believe in demonizing anybody. That's going to be part of this discussion either, by the way. We need to have everybody at the table. And that may be the next step we go in getting to where we ultimately have to go. But, you know, I'm going to tell you something. It's indisputable that our current system's the most expensive in the world by far, sure. while countries with single pair are significantly cheaper. So everybody keeps trying to demonize it. They're not. Talk to people in these other countries. If they're sick, they don't have to worry whether they can get their cancer treatment. They can get their surgery. It does. They can get it. Uh, um, I also want to talk to you about the idea that these ideas, uh, ideas like Medicare for all and ideas that, that have been associated for a long time with the far left and called socialism in a pejorative way, uh, seem to be creeping more into the mainstream in the Democratic caucus. Uh, what, do you, what do you attribute that to? I attribute it to Republicans trying to brand it. And the fact of the matter is, is that we've got a huge income disparity in this country, and it's getting bigger. We need to, I, you know what I think as Democrats, we need to be focused on making sure that every person in this country, man and woman that wants to work, can get a job and that they can be able to buy a house, live in a safe neighborhood, be able to put food on the table, go to the doctor when they need to, educate their kids, and have a safe and secure retirement. I don't call that socialist. I don't call that. I call that that that's what working men and women in this country want and have a right to and don't aren't able to get today in too many instances. And it's for a whole variety of policy issues. You know, trade's one of the biggest ones. So um, that's what I will say to you is that people are trying to brand it. I'm saying we should be fighting for working men and women, which are the backbone of America. Uh, again, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll try to work you into the conversation. A lot of folks want to talk about this issue. Not a terrible surprise there. Uh, let's go to Anne in Huntington Woods. Anne, what's on your mind? Hi. Um, thanks so much for um, Representative Dingle for um, shining a light on this issue. Our daughter was diagnosed last year with type 1 diabetes. And for us, our family, that has really put on the forefront just how broken our healthcare system is. Um, we get our uh, insurance through the exchange, through the Affordable Care Act, and it's good insurance, but I will say that there are certain aspects, for example, the middlemen, durable medical equipment suppliers, who don't necessarily perform a service, but are making a lot of money, 
and in fact, oftentimes hinder our ability to get our medical supplies for our daughter. Hmm. Um, The system is so complicated and broken, and I think it's purposefully made that way um, because there are so many people with their hands in the pot trying to make money off of health care in our country. I certainly think that Medicare for all would be a step toward making our health care system more humane. Um, we spent $30,000 out of pocket between premiums and deductibles on our health care for our family. Wow. That's money that we were not spending investing. My husband has his own business, investing in his business, and I'm a realtor and investing in my business. And I will say also to Representative Dingle's point, it really is hindering people's ability to do things, for example, like buy a new home. I sure. see it in my business because people have health care costs that are out of control. So, so Anne, let me ask you this. How different is it for you now than it was a decade ago? So let's go back to before the Affordable Care Act. Do, do you feel like things got better because of that? Well, so we were in a different situation at that time. Um, my husband and I were both working in jobs that where, you know, we, we accessed our insurance through, through your our employer. companies. Yeah. yeah, and so it was a different situation. But I will say even then, the costs every year, and we had young children then, were going up and up every year. You know, the, the amount that we had to pay even then was kind of like going up. And so we were very supportive of the Affordable Care Act. Um, I feel like the Affordable Care Act hasn't been given a fair shot. And with the current administration, we personally experienced it where there was virtually no advertising, for example, for people to buy their insurance this last round. Um, You know, there was a lot of um, things that were done to kind of stymie the success of the Affordable Care Act. Um, I am very grateful for it. We would not we would not be able to have our own businesses, which we we really enjoy having. Right. We would not. We would both be having to work for a corporation and not, you know, kind of pursue our dreams hmm. with, if we didn't have the ability to buy yeah. insurance. And I really appreciate the call and, and the perspective there. Uh, Debbie Dingo, I wonder if that's something you're hearing a lot from your constituents, that the, the, there were improvements with the ACA, but that things are still pretty precarious. Absolutely, it's what I'm hearing. You know, and I, by the way, have experienced some of what Anne has experienced in the healthcare system. I was a caregiver until the last month. Yes. And it's a very, I know that I am luckier than 99 and 9 tenths of the people in this country. But the fragmented, broken system she talked about is what any person with someone that has a chronic disease faces. And it's, I couldn't, I, there were days I would be in tears or just take my head and bash it against the wall. And I know that I'm luckier than so many other people. And yes, the Affordable Care Act has helped people. It's taken care of a number of problems. But the fact of the matter is that when you talk about the $30,000 a year, people are paying higher premiums. They have higher deductibles. Prescription drug prices are going up. They have higher co-pays. I hear it everywhere. I had to go to I used to make a joke that when I took John to the doctor, I um, would have to schedule extra time because it was like having a town hall meeting. I had to go to my, I had a relative that was in intensive care at Henry Ford this week, and I went into Henry Ford, and it took me 45 minutes to get up there because people wanted to stop and talk. Hmm. You just don't know 
how scary this issue is to too many working men and women in this country. Again, Anne, thanks very much for the call. Let's go to Tom in Harper Woods. Tom, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. Um, yeah, to kind of piggyback on that last uh, call from Ann, um, I thought that um, with the, the problem with the Affordable Care Act is when the idea of a public option was dropped. And it kind of also piggybacks on the Medicare at 50. I think that if we were to have a public option that would help compete against the uh, other uh, companies in the exchanges that might help drive down some costs. Mm. And also, people would then be able to buy Medicare based on their income. So there would be an option to be able to say, okay, we can get affordable health care. Uh, Tom, that's a really interesting idea. And, and I'm not sure that most people even remember the debate over the public option and, and how heated that was. Uh, Debbie Dingle, talk about how that that kind of program, the the idea of a public option, relates to something like Medicare for All. Is it kind of a piece of that, or is it a it separate would be, issue? It, well, no, Medicare for All would be everybody. It would work the way for everybody that Medicare does now. Right. There's a lot. I mean, it's very detailed, and there are a lot of issues. And people, you know, even the comments that Ann made, people don't understand all the different pieces that go into healthcare and all the different providers and all of the bureaucracy of it and what the cost is. The public option was discussed when they were doing the Affordable Care Act because it um, would have allowed the government to have offered one of the plans. Many people agree. I was, I was, a, I was not here when the Affordable Care Act uh, was passed, but I certainly watched it as a viewer, and it had a, a lot of people had a very strong reaction to it, yes. and it was taken out so that the Affordable Care Act would pass. But, you know, right now, just when you take a look at how much money is being – for what you need to think about what Ann just talked about, the number of people that are in the healthcare system and when you are getting provided from the drugstores to the health equipment to the, the caregivers, which is another real crisis that we have in this country. But just the amount of money that goes into paying the bills and, and how much, many people the doctors have to hire to file the insurance and how much time doctors – Pay, have to pay attention to the regulatory work and the paperwork instead of paying attention to the patients is also something that we need to be focused on. If you go to a single-payer system, you eliminate a whole lot of cost within the system. Mm. Uh, again, thanks very much for the call and the question, Tom. Let's go to Carolyn in Royal Oak. Carolyn, what's on your mind? Hey. Thanks, Debbie. Uh, condolences to Kermasaw. We'll never miss them. We miss them. And uh, I know that good care prevents time in the hospital. Instead of spending a longer time getting better, you get taken care of when you need it. And education uh, to wellness is preventive. And I think it should be included in our universal health care for all, Medicare for all. Mm. Thank you for being there. Mm. You're absolutely right. Preventative care reduces health care costs, no question about it. The good article even in the New York Times just about um, colon cancer and the different tests on that and how it, I mean, preventative care prevents, it reduces health care costs, period. Again, Carolyn, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Don in Birmingham. Don, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, hello. Thanks for having me. Sure. I just want to say, you know, I, I agree with the 
Congresswoman's point, I think we should we need a tax on to pay for this on some of the things we eat. You know, the, the biggest causes of healthcare in this country are diabetes and, and heart disease, and that comes largely from our, our really poor diet, which is evidenced by the average waistline of the Americans and over my lifetime has gotten a lot higher. And I, I'm one of these people that reads the labels before I buy a product, mm-hmm. and the amount of sugar and fat and salt in these products is, is just terrible anymore. Uh, yeah. I think the, the Surgeon General should probably find a way to, to put a, a you know a dollar cost per per pound of sugar added to food <laughs> and, and tax it accordingly to help pay for some of this. Yeah, it Don, might, might encourage a better diet. Yeah, Don, I I appreciate that that thought. Um, I, I think there are two issues there, uh, Debbie. One is health maintenance, right? How we take care of ourselves so that we don't get sick. But the other issue is if we were to do something like Medicare for all, how we would pay for it. And that's a very, one of the, one of the ways that you would, you would significantly reduce costs would be to go to a single payer system, which would reduce your overall health care very deeply. And when you look at what we pay versus any other country, we are the most expensive in the world, Switzerland, I think is, or Sweden, I'm sorry. No, it's Switzerland, um, is the most expensive health care system after us per capita, and it's 28% cheaper than us, and they still have private insurance and the public option as part of it. So you have to do that. I sort of smile when um, you talk about this tax because on what people eat, people are going to scream about it. I do respect individual choice. I still, I love my Diet Coke, and I'm mad that Bloomberg won't let me buy my big glass of Diet Coke (laughs) fountain drink. So I think it's complicated, but we, you know, we do need to, perhaps rather than penalizing, incentivizing uh, people eating well is a way to look at this and to figure out how you do it would be something that I would say that we need to look at. I want to get more people to agree with this. I don't want people to think we're trying to penalize them or um, it's going to be hard enough to get everybody to buy in, uh, telling them what to eat in a country that is a democracy, has got dangers related to it. So let's try to incentivize good eating would be the way I would look at this. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Congresswoman Debbie Dingell about Medicare for All. A little later in the show, we're going to expand that conversation to talk about why the word socialism gets leveled at ideas like Medicare for All and whether we're using that word in the right way. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Cosette and St. Clair Shores, Vincent Hamtramck, Mike, and Chesterfield. We will get to you. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.